with me real quick in your Bibles to John chapter 10, verse 10. That's our launching point this morning and the, the scripture we want to uh, begin with. So turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 10 and uh, verse 10. And notice here uh, what Jesus is saying to us. Amen. So here we see that he says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And so uh, my message this morning is not just about uh, bless me and my four no more, but I think it's important that we understand the will of God concerning the abundant life. Everybody say abundant life. Abundant life. Now, abundance means excessive, overflowing, over and above, more than enough, <laughs> profuse, extraordinary, more than sufficient. So uh, here's the will of God for his sons and his daughters. Because here's Jesus speaking, correct? Jesus is saying that I've come that they have life and have life more abundantly. Now, I like the New Living Translation uh, because the New Living Translation says the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Um, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So the Lord wants his children, God the Father wants his kids to have a rich and satisfying life. But you'll notice that as we read John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus is, is, is uh, letting us know that there is an enemy, letting us know that there could be some resistance to you and me walking in the abundant life that he desires us to walk in. I think sometimes uh, Christians think that, well, if God just wants me to have something, he'll just, it'll just fall on my head like ripe cherries. Uh, it'll just happen. If it, if it doesn't happen, then he must not have really wanted me to have it. If it's not happening, then it's not really his will. And uh, we have to be very, very careful with that because we see here in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus is letting us know that there is an enemy that we face. There's an enemy that would try to keep us from walking in the fullness of all that God has for us. Now, the good news is, is that Jesus overcame the enemy and through Christ we can overcome the enemy. Amen. But we have to understand that there is an enemy and we have to understand the will of God. Uh, there's a lot of folks that sometimes confuse uh, God's role and the devil's role. You know, something bad happens and they think, well, God allowed that to happen and God's doing evil and God's doing this and God's doing that. But really what we need to find out is what is the will of God. And how do we know the will of God? Here's, again, what some folks do. You know, they'll throw up a prayer, and if it happens, they'll say, oh, it must have been the will of God. If it doesn't happen, they say, oh, well, it must not have been the will of God. 
But really, how many of you know your Christian walk can be based more on happenstance? And well, maybe, well, if. No, if we begin to find out what the will, how do we know somebody's will? We know their will by their words. We know what they're thinking by what they say. And, and that's how we, we as believers need to approach the Father. And so here Jesus is saying, that there's a thief, there's someone. Now, if you'll notice, in the Old Testament, there's not a whole lot of talk about the devil. There's very few mentions of the devil at all in the Old Testament. And then you come over into the New Testament, and, and Jesus starts to let us know, hey, wait a minute, there's an enemy there's an enemy that we're facing. Now, I, I, I believe this, that there's not a whole lot of discussion of the enemy, the devil, in the Old Testament because as long as the children of Israel kept their covenant with God, God could protect them from the enemy. There wasn't a lot of discussion about the enemy, the devil, because they didn't have authority over him in the Old Testament personally like we do now through Christ. Does that, does that make sense? So there's not a lot of talk. Why, why would he talk about the devil if you couldn't do anything about him? Right? Maybe they would have added him to another gods. They would have, they would have maybe uh, been concerned. They would have been fearful. But as long as they served God, as long as they followed after and obeyed the will and the word of God, God could move and protect them supernaturally. But now we come over to the New Testament. Jesus is talking about our enemy. Why? Because he's going to have power over him. He's going to defeat him, and he's going to give us that authority over him. So that we don't have to be afraid of the enemy. So he lets us know, hey, there's an enemy who would try to keep us from uh, the things that God has for us. So in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, notice what the scripture says. It says, stay alert for our great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour stand firm against him in your faith first timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says fight the good fight of faith why is it a good fight because we win amen first john tells us for every child of god defeats this evil world and this is the victory through this is the way we achieve this victory through our faith And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So it's through Christ that we win. But you have world-overcoming faith residing on the inside of you. Amen. And there's a good fight. Well, it's a good fight because you win. Amen. It's called the good fight of faith. You win. I I love sharing this example because... uh, Pastor Mark Hankins, and a lot of you have heard a minister by the name of Mark Hankins. I, I believe he's one of the one of the greatest preachers of our time, and uh, he, uh, he he was watching a, an athletic event one time, and uh, he's sitting there, and, and uh, he's watching these big old football players and and muscular, and I don't know uh, what all they were doing, and some of the competitions that they were doing, and uh, this one huge guy somehow in his thought he's like. Man, I'd never like to meet that guy in a dark alley. And uh, then for some reason, uh, part of the competition was that guy, you know, some 200 and something pounds of muscle and, and brawn and whatever, jumps in a pool and sunk like a rock. <laughs> and so he says, 
You know, I'd never like to meet that guy in the dark alley, but if I had to meet him, I'd meet him in a swimming pool and knock him out. I mean, and so, so here's what the enemy wants to try to do in your life and in my life. He wants to get us out of the arena of faith. He wants to get you in the arena of reason. He wants to get you in the arena of doubt. He, he wants to turn you against what the Word of God says. So that's why we've got to be convinced. We know that we know what the Word says. The Word says God's plan, God's purpose for us is that we would have an abundant life. But how is that going to happen? Well, there's going to there's gonna be some, some faith that needs to be Release. There's going to be some faith. Now, we understand Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If there's any area in our life that's lacking abundance, well, let's go to the Word and let's find out what does the Word say concerning this area? Uh, is it peace? Is it guidance? Is it direction? Is it provision? Is it healing? What, what area of our life? And then feed upon the Word of God until it gets down in our heart. And, you know, isn't it interesting that there's some areas of the Bible that we don't question at all? Salvation. How about salvation? Um, it, if someone came forward this morning and uh, they were to say, you know, I, I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I, I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. If we've taught on salvation and we, we celebrated what Jesus did in his death, death, burial and resurrection so that we could know him. Well, we wouldn't pray and say, well, Lord, we just thank you for saving this person if it be your will. Why don't we pray that way for salvation? Because we know what the will of God is concerning salvation, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. First Peter that says that God's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to eternal life. Well, we know that passage of Scripture. We know those verses. So we don't pray, well, Lord, save my sister, save my brother if it's your will. No, we, we know the will. But then there's other areas of our life that somehow, sometimes religiosity or sounds kind of spiritual. Lord, heal so-and-so if it's your will. Uh, do this if it's your will. Do this if it's your will. No, uh, if it's your will really through Christ does not belong in our praying today. We should know the will of God before <laughs> we pray, correct? And so we understand God through his word. We don't understand God through experience because sometimes a person's experience may go contrary to the word of God. And so we have to come back to what does the word of God say? And so we find that faith comes and by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, because we approach God's Word. Now, let me just give you this quick definition of faith. Faith is believing what God said and then doing something about it. Faith is believing what God said 
and doing something about it. So we see in Mark chapter 11, there may be some things where the Lord will will encourage us. There's a, a step of obedience. There's a, there, there is an act of faith. It might be speaking. Um, Mark chapter 11, you know, we read verses 22 to 26, and Jesus said, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So he may be talking to us about, you know, what, what kinds of things are coming out of our mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so there again, the enemy may try to get you in the area of the scene, he may try to get you in the area of the, the, the feeling, the area of reason, the area of uh, emotion. And we come back to what does the Word say. The Word says and reveals the will of God. So hold fast to the Word of God. Uh, now, I, I want us to go to... John chapter 2, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, uh, you might remember this account where it says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. And the wine supply um, ran out during the festivities, and Jesus' mother told them they have no more wine, and Jesus said, That's not our problem. And then uh, he said, my time hasn't come. But notice what Mary said. Mary said, do whatever he tells you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. You know, one of the keys to receiving from the Lord, whatever the need might be, is first of all, you, you've got to know the will, right, before you pray. Mark 11, I didn't read the rest of Mark 11, 23 and 24. Notice when Jesus talked about forgiving. We don't always focus on that, do we? Because uh, sometimes that steps on our toes a little bit. And, and uh, you know, we just want to jump to the receiving part. <laughs> but he says, uh, forgive. Maybe, maybe so here in Mary's comment, and you might want to underline that in your Bible, do whatever he tells you to do. So there's, a, there's an obedience side to faith and seeking the Lord as you're spending time in his presence, you know, he may tell you, you know, you have unforgiveness in your heart towards so-and-so. You need to forgive or you need to let go of that offense. You're praying about something and maybe the manifestation hasn't happened yet. Don't give up. Don't back up from that. But if you're seeking the Lord, we, we, we come to Him and we listen. And then, as Mary said, we do whatever He tells us to do. It could be speaking the Word. It could be uh, praising and worshiping the Lord. It, it, it could be repenting. It could be going to someone and asking them to forgive us of something that we've done wrong. Or again, it could be releasing. Maybe someone did something to me that I just held on to and I'm, 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 I'm bitter about it. Well, if that's the case, the Bible says faith works by love. And if I'm not walking in love, 
My faith's not going to operate like it should. So do whatever he tells you to do. In, uh, in um, let's see, where do we want to go here? Uh, I want to go to where Peter is, is washing uh, his nets. And so in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Great crowds were pressing in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats by the water's edge. The fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Jesus, stepping into one of the boats, asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, he said, uh, Now, go out deeper and let down your nets for some fish. So how did Simon respond? Well, Simon said, Well, Master, he said, We've worked hard all night. We didn't catch a thing. Nevertheless, or if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time the nets were so full, they began to tear. And a shout of help brought their partners (laughs) from the other boat. Now, just think of it for just a moment. Whatever he says to you, do it. What if if Peter would have reasoned? What if Peter would have said, eh, yeah, Lord, that's nice. We did work all night. We did. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Do he could have disobeyed, right? So there's an obedient side to faith. We don't always. Not a works thing, but there may be something that the Lord is encouraging us to do. We can reason. We can say, "Yeah, I worked all night. I'm not gonna go back out." Peter could have done that, but he didn't. Well, what was the result? Because he obeyed, there was an abundance that came, right? And so he was able to take part of that because he obeyed. And so you see this, you know, of course, when the the water was turned into wine, you see this. Uh, Go with me to John chapter 9. The Bible says here that there was a a man that was uh, born blind. And uh, the scripture says here, that uh, what did he, what did what did Jesus do? Jesus spit on the ground and and uh, Jesus made some mud and and Jesus put it in his eyes and and he says uh, he says well I, I want you to go uh, to the pool of Siloam and so w- what if the guy on the way to the pool of Siloam just decided you know that's kind of on the other side of Jerusalem I don't think I want to go that far. And uh, maybe I'll stop at John's house because John's house is on the way. Uh, Whatever he says to you, do it. So the man followed the plan of God. The man followed what Jesus said, and he received his sight. Then Peter, remember uh, some folks approached Peter in Matthew chapter uh, 17, On their arrival to Capernaum, the scripture says that collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher pay the temple tax? And so Peter said, yes, he does. And then he went into the house and before he had a chance to speak, Jesus said to him, what do you think, Peter? And so he he knows what's going on. And do kings tax their own people or, or the people that they conquered? And he said, they taxed the people they conquered, Peter replied. And so Jesus said, then the citizens are free, so we don't want to offend them. Go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch. Now, Peter's a fisherman. I wonder how often he ever caught a fish before that had a 
coin in it. Anyway, <laughs> the first fish that you catch, what's he say? He says, look at what's in his mouth and and, uh, there'll be a silver coin there to pay the tax for both of us. So maybe Peter could have reasoned. Nah. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go. But because he listened and did what Jesus said, he received what he needed. Amen. And friend, I want you to know that's how God wants to work in our life today. Whatever he says to you, whatever he says to me, do it. That means there's a humbling process. That means we we come to him. We humble ourselves before him. We allow him to speak into our life. And I do want to encourage you with this passage of scripture. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says... Because there's a, there's a side of this walking in abundance. There's a side to this walking in faith. We, we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We feed upon it. We follow. We do what He tells us to do as far as obedience is concerned. But then there's a the place of patience. Everybody say patience. Patience. Good job. I think he did a little better than the first crowd this morning, maybe because they hadn't had their coffee yet. But anyway, uh, there's, there's a side of patience. What does Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 say? It says, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Faith and patience. Once you and I have established what God's desire is, what God's will is, we can stand. We can be patient. We can exercise that patience and know that we have the things that God has promised or God has desired to give to us. Uh, as I get ready to close this morning, I know lots of folks, uh, you know, we do this from time to time. We order things. Anybody ever order anything online uh, from that big supply store in the sky, wherever it is? We, we just can get online. We can pick the picture. We can pick whatever it is that we want. Uh, we order it. We give them our credit card number. What happens? A lot of times we'll get a confirmation number or we'll be able to print out a receipt. But let me ask you a question. Do you actually have it in your hand? It might not be in your hand yet, but it's at some supply center somewhere. You can track where it is. You can see where it's coming from. You can see where it, you know, when it's going to be at your house or wherever it's going to. So what are you, you're expectant. Why are you expectant? Because you filled out the paperwork. You, you have a confirmation number. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 says faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you pray, when you release your faith, Father, I thank you for abundance in this area. Father, I thank you for healing in this area. Father, I thank you for wisdom in that area. That's your receipt. That's your faith being released. And it's as much yours as that thing coming in the mail is yours. But we don't always see it that way. We, we, we want to say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I have it. Instead of saying, Lord, I thank you that it's mine right now. It's mine. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Father. Because your word has revealed 
your will. Amen. And so we see through faith and patience, we have the abundant life, faith and patience. And it may be a different circumstance. It may be a different situation. You may be uh, going through with family members. It might, it might be financial. It might be uh, soulish. I say soulish not in a bad way, but it may be uh, fear. It may be uh, worry. Uh, the scripture talks about uh, how God doesn't want us to have fear. God doesn't want us to worry. And so how, how do we combat that? Well, we realize that there's an enemy, but we come back to what the word says. God has not given me a spirit of fear. In the, in the face of fear, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. In the face of lack, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In the face of sickness or disease... Jesus carried, we celebrated communion this morning. Jesus carried my sin, my sickness, my disease, so I don't have to. So, Father, thank you for life and health. Thank you that by Jesus' stripes we're healed. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We thank you for your word that reveals your will. Amen. Father, thank you for any that are here today maybe questioning your will going through circumstances, challenges, situations. Lord, I just thank you again for the power of the Word. Thank you for the power of the name of Jesus. Thank you for how you reveal your will to us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and by the Word of God. And we can, through the name of Jesus, resist the enemy who tries to come against us and take authority over him through Christ our Lord our Savior. Amen. 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 Let's all stand up together. Praise God. Father, thank you so much for this day. And and, and the words that, that worship song we were singing earlier, Lord, I thank you that every chain is broken. I thank you that fear is broken. I thank you that worry is broken. I thank you that depression is broken. I thank you that sickness is broken. I thank you, Father, because Jesus defeated the devil. Now we're in Christ. And we're, as it says in Colossians, oh, more than conquerors. This is in Romans. More than conquerors through Christ who loves us and gave his life for us. Thank you that we walk in the abundant life in Jesus' name. That you came that we'd have life and have life more abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.